Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to the podcast and we're going back to an interview podcast. If any of you have listened to some of the previous podcasts that we've done with the Changemakers podcast, you'll know we used to do interviews all the time, but actually with this new show, we have yet to do a podcast interview. Um, But today is the day. And I've got one of my really good friends. Uh, we used to hang out in Costa Rica all the time to come on the show. And I want to talk to him about his solar business. Now, this dude actually does a multitude of different businesses, everything from video editing to business automation. He also like is an adrenaline junkie and loves nothing more than jumping out of a plane upside down with barely a parachute holding onto him. And yeah, if he's not doing that, he's like flying upside down on a dirt bike or something. And I'm also really excited because he's got a really German sounding surname, which I'm absolutely going to butcher in just a second. But until I butcher that, I'll get you guys on hold. Let's jump into the episode. Welcome to High Ticket Podcast Rebels, where we cut the crap, laugh at our own jokes and show high ticket coaches just how easy it is to build a 30k a month coaching business using nothing but a podcast. Ready to scale your coaching business to multiple six, seven or even eight figures? Let's go. All right, guys, please welcome to the show. Are you ready? I'm going to absolutely butcher this. Christian Swaggerite. Yeah, you almost got it. How did I do? There, man. Yeah, I'm just going to call you Chris. Chris Shagim, right? That's what we're going to just go with. That that's going to be the the ascension. That we're going to do it that way instead. It was way better before you made it worse. Oh, there we go. That's okay. Well, we you know make terrible jokes on this podcast. That's what it's all about. So, Chris, appreciate you being on the show. Thanks for coming here, buddy. And I'm excited because you know we haven't done an interview on the show in a while. And one of the really big things that I'm noticing a lot online nowadays is people getting burnt out. And dude, so many people are getting burnt out on raising ad costs. They're getting burnt out on their businesses. They're getting burnt out on social media. And my whole goal with these interviews is really just to help people see what's working today in different people's businesses, but also just to share a few of the challenges and and the things that we go through. So before we get into all the questions, Chris, let's just go and give people a little introduction. I know I kind of gave them a little tease about you being basically an adrenaline junkie, but you want to share a little bit about you and, and what you do in the business? Uh, yeah, man. Uh, so right now, we're working on three main businesses, a solar sales company, a business automation agency, and a video editing agency, which has been the business that I've had for the longest. It's um, all of them very different, uh, two of them very similar in that they're the whole agency model, just for very different services. And the solar sales company, which is just lead generation, um, pretty basic. We run we run ads for generating solar leads. We sell them solar systems. We work with amazing partners in multiple states in the U.S. that help us install. And it's just a great business. We we help our customers save money. It's a very profitable for us. It's profitable for our installers. So. It's uh, it's a good time, man. Dude, I love it. And the whole idea of like, I'm selling people a solar system definitely feels like, you know, you, you got to call it like the Milky Way package or something like that, you know, just to really hook them in with the, <laughs> the solar systems. <laughs> the Milky Way package, right. Uh, all right, yeah, man. Well, so, we, we can't take them to space, but right, right. Know, we well, can help them save money with solar. Yeah, the, the next best thing, right? That's all, that's all people really want. Do you want to be in space or do you want to save some money? So, um. To talk really quickly, Chris, because, you know, I remember about a year ago when we were kind of hanging out in Costa Rica is when you were initially talking to your sort of partner, I guess, about, you know, starting this solar business. What's that evolution looked like in in sort of almost uh, because it's been about a year now that you've been in that business, right? Yeah. Can you take us through a little bit of that like evolution of like how it started and kind of where you're up to today? 
Yeah. Well, it started with us trying to raise money to run the ads for the business because end of the day, if we stuck to just spending our own money on our own money on it, the scaling would have been a lot slower. And the nice thing about the solar sales business is that the margins are so big that we can afford to pay investors really well for using their money for ad spend. We still make really good money. Our customers still save a lot of money. Um, and our sales reps still make a lot of money, which is one of the biggest challenges I found in the solar business is one, finding good sales reps and, and, and finding a good team. And two, of course, dealing with changing ad costs, ever-changing lead costs, um, trying to optimize our cost per deal. So that's basically what the evolution has been. It's just from trying to get money to get the, the whole thing rolling, which finding the money wasn't hard because the terms that we could give were so good and they still are. Um, but then just making sure that we can we can keep those initial promises that we made, which we've kept so far, <laughs> to which has cut into our part of the piece of the pie because you know we, we guaranteed our investors a certain return every year and we, we will always stick to that. So it, when the ad costs do go up and we do run our numbers on a quarterly basis, so you know, I mean, the, the nicest thing about this business was that it's always been profitable since day one or since week one. I mean, we started running ads and we started getting deals the same week. Um, so that's been really nice. But it, it's a thing where we have to always stay on top of it because things will catch up to us a month, month down the line. So if we're running ads today and our ad costs go through the roof today, those deals that we generate or, that, or those leads that we generate today are going to close in a month from now. And so that's why we have to watch your numbers, always be on top of it. Um, and then just, yeah, finding finding new leads, lead sources, trying to work deals with uh, companies where we can let, get leads from on a, you know, uh, pay per deal basis. So an affiliate program, basically. Um, that's something we've been working on lately too. Just trying to switch it up because, yeah, as you were saying at the start of the podcast, it's, you know, uh, a lot of people are getting burned out running ads, the tracking is becoming more and more of a challenge. Uh, Facebook is just trying to wreck everyone. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess not them, but you know, the people they answer to. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's so interesting because yeah. I think Facebook's kind of in this kind of free fall state, right? Where, you know, the, they, for the first time ever posted a drop in their quarterly earnings, which was crazy. And, you know, Mark Zuckerberg had billions of dollars wiped off the company valuation and his personal wealth. So it's interesting. It's like they're sort of scrambling to try and reclaim attention and make back up what they can in different places. But it's like the business owners get hit. And one thing I want to touch on, because, you know, even before we did the podcast, we were sort of chatting, Chris, a little bit about what we've been doing to counteract this. But talk me through a bit of those kind of changing lead costs. Like what what is the difference that you've seen since, say, like a year ago when you first started running ads? Like, and maybe you can share some numbers with us. Like, what what is it costing to like acquire a customer compared to what it used to? Yeah, I mean, when we started, we were, we were getting leads for, and this would always be cheaper as soon as we would turn on the campaigns. Um, but at, at one point, we were getting fifty five, sixty five dollar leads, 
whereas now our lead cost is almost double, uh, sometimes more. So that's the nice thing about it being such a high ticket business is that we can deal with those changing ad costs. Um, but it, it, it sure is all cuts into the margins and it's very annoying. <laughs> right. uh, we wish we could be getting good qualified leads for the same price. We were getting them say January, February, March last year. Um, but we deal with it. It's part of the, it's part of the game. If it was easy, everyone would be doing it. Right. So totally. Yeah. But I mean, you, 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 you used to do a lot of paid advertising as well. Right. Right. How do you feel about Google and Facebook? How do you, well, I think what's, See the difference in those two. What, what's really interesting is you've seen a lot of migration. You know, people were previously running on Facebook ads because it was probably the easiest to get into, you know, like from a usability perspective and getting off the ground and, and a skill level that's required. Hands down, it was the yeah. easiest, you know, and um, and we've now seen this kind of migration. And I've seen the migration in two different areas. You've, you've had people go from running Facebook ads to running ads on, say, YouTube. That's been a really big switch, you know, with Google. But the challenge with that that's is where we that, always, where we always saw the best results is right, YouTube by right. far, which is great, yeah, you know. But far. the challenge with YouTube for a lot of people is that you just have to be really good at the creative. You know, um, that's really the biggest indicator of success with a lot of the ads that you run is it's really the ad, you know. Whereas on Facebook, you can bang up an image with some text over it, and you know, the targeting and the algorithm will kind of do its job. And so that's where we've seen like a lot of people go. But the other thing that I've noticed as well, especially with the really high performing teams is I've seen a lot of people go back to like a fixed cost acquisition model. And so, you know, for anybody that's listening, just to explain these two differences, you know, variable um, customer acquisition costs is something like ads where one day leads will be more expensive than another. You know, your salesperson might close more and they might close less. And all of those are the variables that affect how much you pay for the customer. One week you might spend a thousand dollars to acquire them. The next week it might be two grand. The next week it might be three. And so we've also seen a lot of people go to the fixed acquisition models, which is like cold call teams, cold email teams, you know, literally hiring individuals who get paid on commission. And so the idea is no matter how much work they're doing, you're only going to pay them on the closed deals. So instead of having right. the up and down variabilities, you know, you'll always know if you if you've got a cold call team. Well, we always pay $500 to acquire a customer or $750. Yep. And so that's, that's yep. where we've been personally exploring as well, because, you know, as ad costs got more and more expensive and they were only going to keep getting more expensive, it actually started to be more expensive to run ads than it was to, you know, do the old school marketing, which was to go and hire a sales team. Now it's a lot different, you know, you have different challenges and different, you know, things you have to go through. But that's where we've been, you know, personally experimenting more as well, you know, as we try and get away, well, me, I'm personally trying to get away from social media, you know, and, and get off yeah. that stuff, because it's so exhausting and draining. That's what we've been doing is building out those teams, but you know, within that within the podcast landscape as well. Yeah, yeah. And um, we, we even experimented with stuff like direct mail, Sending, you know, just go ahead and go in full old school marketing. Go back to that. We we want, we never ended up trying it, but we wanted to try radio ads too at one point because with the solar business, especially, it's so targeted, right? There's specific locations where we want to market because the install times are better. Getting permits for the solar systems, it's easier. So we were we were looking into a lot of those things and. Um, it's yeah, I mean, there's a million things you could be doing and you have to allocate your time to something, but yeah, it'd be, it'd be so beautiful if running ads was like, it was 
totally. five, six years ago, where you could you could expect a certain cost per lead, a certain cost per per deal or per whatever product you're selling. Um, but it's challenging, eh? Because for people not doing high ticket stuff, it's almost impossible to hire a sales team to sell whatever e-com, $20 e-com product you're trying to sell. Right. Right. So that's a beautiful thing about high ticket. It's Right. And you're seeing more and more people. the I way mean, to go, man. I remember, you know, Russell Brunson in his book years ago talking about this, you know, when, when Google ads were cheap and, you know, he used to just sell his, you know, potato gun ebook, but then he had to build mm. multiple products on the back end of it with a funnel because he had to increase right. the value. And so we're seeing that same shift happening again now. It's just history repeating itself is you either have to shift to where you can acquire the customers cheaper or you have to increase the value of your customers. And it's really just one of the two. And so the great marketers right. who have back-end products or very expensive products will continue to win and get the lion's share of all of the customers. Yeah. But for the little guy, you know, if you don't have a high-ticket product or if you don't have a cheap way to acquire customers, you know, you're really going to start having a hard time. And a lot of people, and I don't know if you've seen this, Chris, a lot of people in these moments, that's when they turn back to organic because they're like, oh, paid is too expensive. I'm going to go back to organic. And then they end up getting either burnt out from the work that they're doing or the other knock on effect is that it just becomes less effective because everybody else is doing that, you know, and it becomes everybody's yeah. fishing in the same hole in the same way. Yeah, and organic is hard, man. I mean, it doesn't matter what you're doing. And it's just, it's so hard to scale. Right. What, what can you do? Create create 24 hours worth of content every day? I mean, it, it's hard. Um, and especially even Instagram. I mean, how easy, how easy was it before to blow up on social media? Regardless right. what you did, whether you had a product, um, you know, through through cool creatives and so on, whether you were a consultant or or, or, or someone offering a service, you know, I mean, I, I, I look at guys like Neil Patel, you know, all, all that crew of marketers and, you know, they started, what, 10, 10 years ago and now they're the biggest. Gary Vee, I mean, oh, Gary Vee, Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, <laughs> but all those guys just, it was so much easier back then. Right, for um, sure. The competition now, it's ridiculous. Everyone's doing it. I get I get Instagram account recommendations all the time for for the most random people and they're putting out content, you know, they're they're this coach or that service provider and, and everyone's doing it too. So it's Yeah, and it's I think we're out and then do I think, yeah, sorry, cut off that. I think we're also just at the beginning of it, right? Like, you know, as people become more remote, as more people shift into this approach, you know, everybody is looking to try and figure out how to get clients. And so everybody's using these same, you know repeated techniques and so everybody in the marketplace just becomes blind to it right it's like it's that snow blindness where you know for example i don't anybody who messages me in facebook messenger nowadays if i don't personally know you um like i'm not responding like i don't yeah. care who you are like you know but three years ago like you could message somebody and be like hey yeah. you just joined my group wanted to reach out and see how you are nowadays it's like no i know you're trying to sell me because everybody else and their mother yeah. has tried to do the same thing right yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Man. And I work with a lot of clients on the business automation uh, consulting biz. And, you know, I mean, we just do business automation and, and, and all that. But by default, we have to end up working with the with the media buyers. And it's just a constant ongoing thing of whose fault is it? You know, is it the product? Is it the ads? Is it this? Is it that? And then but then, you know, for example, one of my clients is a pharmacy, how 
they sell generic medication. You know, they're, each one of their, their pills, like their average card value is 15 bucks. You know, how, how do you, how do you make that happen fully organically without paid advertising? Even what I've seen a lot is uh, people doing paid ads to just straight content and trying to build an organic audience through the ads and then, then, then doing the selling. And I think there's a lot of value in that, but even then it's hard to, you know, justify, I mean, this one pharmacy, for example, they have a full call center sales team and, um, you know, they've outsourced a lot of it so they can get the, the sales reps for a lot of a better hourly rate than they could if they had them in the U S and whatnot. But still, even then, you know, it's hard to justify selling, having, so even getting someone on the phone. I don't know, man, if I was selling something and it was only 20 bucks for whatever it is I was selling, I would not want to get on the phone to sell that. No, it completely wastes you know, time. It's just not worth the time. Right. It's just not worth the time. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So it's hard. It's hard. But I guess for anyone doing high ticket, that's the way to do it. And this is the thing I say to people all the time. It's like if you're trying to figure out, you know, why things aren't working for you, a lot of the time, you know, the first question you've got to ask is, well, am I charging enough? The second question is, well, if I'm yep. charging more, who can afford to pay me? And then, you know, can I give that person a result? And, and if you can tick those three boxes and you like that person, because, you know, there's always the dilemma of building a business that you end up hating if you're not working with the right people. But if you follow those, right. you know, simple questions, you can usually figure out, yes, like that's, that's a great market to go into. And so many people, they, they end up trying to sell expensive products to poor markets as well. I mean, you've probably experienced that in solo, right? Like if you target one particular yeah. area of the town versus the other town, you know, there's, there's yeah. poor and rich markets within locations and that's probably the easiest way to visualize it. But it's the same thing when you're trying to target your own coaching clients or agency clients. You know, if you're going after yeah. people who just started in business, they ain't going to have the money. But if you go after more established businesses, six, seven, even eight figure businesses, they've got capital to invest. Right. And that's funny because it's such a paradigm shift to assume that you can charge a lot for your services. I mean, when you started out in anything, it's okay, I'm going to charge the bare minimum just so I can get clients. But then that becomes this, this paradigm that you have to get out of because you are doing this work for this amount of money now and you're getting by and it's, it's okay. So why, I mean, of course there's an incentive, but why would anyone pay me 10x what I'm charging now. But if you just most likely if you just went out there from the start and charged 10x what you're charging, what you're charging now, someone would pay it. Right. <laughs> I can bet you they would. Well, I had it's a client. Crazy. I had a client who did just that. So she came to start working with me and she was um her name's Gloria and she was selling a, you know, coaching product in the uh, inner it was her her product was inner child work. So she was helping people, you know, get okay with their inner child. And, you know, she was charging like 500 to a thousand bucks. And I said, great, like you need to 10 X the price, like charge like five to yeah. 10 grand instead. And, you know, she immediately put the price up, didn't change any of the content, didn't change anything in a program. Mm -hmm. But then I said, okay, well, who can afford to pay you five to 10 grand? And she was like, well, probably the yeah. business owners, not the stay at home mom. So I was like, great. So go speak to right. the business owners. And immediately, like she put a price up and a close rate went from like 12% to like 40%. And it was crazy because she's like, this doesn't make any sense. I'm charging more money. How can my close rate increase? But like when you speak to the right yeah. market, that just happens. It's, it's really interesting. Yeah, 100%, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's super interesting. And then it's hard also to 
think that that's even possible because there's other people online. I mean, I do a lot of lead gen through Upwork for the agencies. And, you know, there's people doing the same thing I'm doing, exactly the, exactly the same thing for half the price, you know, a third of the price. Yet people still hop on calls with me. And, and that's why that's why doing high ticket and closing people on the phone is so, it feels so good because if you can do any, any sort of sales, if you're a good salesman at all, man, it, it, it just, it feels good to close a deal. Right. But, and then on top of that, um, I just had a sales call today for the automation agency and our terms are super specific. We do business automation. We don't do any, we don't do any, any conversion rate optimization, none of that. I mean, we'll pitch in and give our ideas because I, I personally have a lot of experience in it, but we're, you know, our stuff either works or not. And it's even on our website, you know, we have an unavoidable guarantee. Our stuff either works or it doesn't. Um, but yeah, then it's interesting to talk with clients that are looking for, say, someone to, to build uh, funnel automations for them. And we're like, hey, yeah, we'll build it. It'll work 100%. Everything will work technically. But if the conversion rate isn't good, we don't want to take responsibility for that. You know, right. we just, we're nerds. Because there's not so many variables, nerds. right? It can be all sorts of things yeah. that affect that. Yeah. But then, you know, speaking with this client, and just setting the terms like that, but knowing that I can, knowing that I, 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 I did it, gave a good pitch for what we actually do. And they're like, yeah, signed, you know, right. Just send the stripe invoice. Yeah. And then man, with bigger clients, it's so much better than working with small client or than the cheap clients. Cause the cheap client, I saw a meme about this once, but it's so true. <laughs> I know this, meme. you know, a, a small, yeah, yeah. A $500 client will ask, you know, where's our investment this going? This is going to change my life. What is <laughs> yeah, and, and the 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 whale client is just like, hey, check sent, you know, right? To get yeah. it done. Yeah, three Bitcoin so. sent. Don't worry about it. Like, yeah, let's get rocking and rolling. Oh yeah. man, you're you're into the whole crypto thing, right? I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I have to get into this. Yeah, no, it's super Jeez. interesting. All my friends do it too. My roommates do it. Yeah, all, you're talking Bitcoin now. I'm talking checks. Right, I'm talking. talking I'm school. talking old school <laughs> bills, dollar bills. Um, yeah. So one thing I'm one thing I'm curious about then, because obviously we talked a bit about rising ad costs. There's you know a couple of choices you can make in regards to this. You can, you know, go to a different platform, you can manage it, you can go to other types of models like fixed cost acquisition. What are your specific plans in the long game for the solar business? You know, I know we talked a bit about this before, you know, we jumped on the interview and talking a bit about SEO and stuff. What's your long-term, you know, vision for where you think the market is going to go with ads and also what your plan is to continue to grow? Yeah, I think the ads market is going to get really hard to make a real profit on. I see it in my clients. I see how it's changing in our business and in our industry. Um, we're definitely focusing on SEO, becoming a resource in any industry, whatever you're in, whether you're in consulting or coaching or whatever it is, becoming a, a real resource for things um, in the online space and ranking for stuff on Google there's no more high intent customer audience than someone Googling whatever you're selling, you know? So I think that's really big. And then uh, for sure, trying new platforms. Uh, we haven't gotten into it, but doing Hulu ad, you, you know, Hulu now has an ad platform. Spotify has an ad platform. Yeah. I, I mean, if you're, if you're not being profitable on your, traditional platforms then what's the downside of trying new stuff right and 
you know, there's for sure people doing it. So there's got to be some money in it. Right. So that's something we, we want to do. TikTok ads, you know, try all that. Yeah. And then you've also got core ads. You can run ads on podcasts as well. There's lots of different platforms you can experiment yeah. with, right? Yeah. 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 And you just got, and, and the biggest thing, man, is creatives. I mean, it doesn't matter what, what kind of ads you're doing. If you're doing audio ads on a podcast or video ads on YouTube, that's something we saw every time we launched new creatives and it, it we, we were hicking up on it at first where we launched new creatives and we're like, Oh, look at these really good ad costs. And then we just let it run. And we kind of forgot about the results that we saw right away after we launched new stuff. And then, you know, we just have to get in the habit of making new creatives every week, which worked out because I have the video editing agency and we were focusing mainly on YouTube ads. So I would just have my editors fire up new ads every, every week, you know? And then we saw a lot that the most basic content would work the best. So the more um, highly produced ad, ads and stuff like that were the ones that performed the worst. Where it's just some selfie video of someone saying, "Oh, hey, look at my new solar panels," for example, um, that worked the best. And, and I know that's the same for probably every industry. Right. I think there's this uh, guy, uh, something Snow. I don't remember his name. Uh, I had seen a video about him talking about this. How you know he, he had an e-comp company, I think, and he spent, I think, billion or, or, or tens of millions, hundreds of millions, I think, on ads and. Um, I saw this a while ago. I'm butchering it, but he said, "Yeah, by far the sh- quote unquote shitty ads, selfie selfie video ads, annoying music ads. You know, right? All those it's it's the stuff that blends so. in with the rest of the shitty content that the world exactly, produces. exactly. <laughs> right? Instead of being highly creative, exactly. you know. And I think you've got a really good point with this idea of like becoming a resource, SEO focused. I mean." If you, if you look at what people like Gary Vee and, you know, you also see people like Alex Hamozzi doing this nowadays, the idea is, you know, if you can delay the ask from your audience for as long as possible. And so if you look at Gary Vee, you know, he's got all of his different businesses and stuff that he's doing, but like his Instagram audience, his podcast audience, there is no ask. Like he's been delaying that ask for five to six years and he's never asked for anything. Right. He launches V friends. He's like, okay, here's my ask. And he makes literally hundreds of millions of dollars overnight and will continue to make millions, you know, as that grows. And so it's interesting how this idea is if you can delay the ask, you end up, you know, attracting and building a much bigger audience, but also people who are willing to buy without you ever needing to ask them to buy. And you see this with Alex Rosie, you know, his whole new channel is he's like, hey, we run acquisition.com and I have nothing to sell you. And he genuinely has nothing to sell you because he knows the people who are willing to actually you know buy from him will come and find him you know and he's been blowing up overnight because of this but it's because he genuinely doesn't want to sell you anything and you know you can look at some other marketers that put stuff out on youtube and things like that and you know you see the call to actions you see the the push to go and buy their products and it just isn't as effective in the long game and this is a big thing of what we're focusing on you know for ourselves as we move over to this podcast you know um a team approach where we're bringing in teams of different podcast hosts the entire goal is all of that content that's going to be put out there is no ask you know there'll be as many as 30 to 40 episodes that we put out every single week highly valuable stuff where there's no ask there's nothing we want the audience to do apart from gaining information so i love that approach chris of you know becoming a resource seo focused it's kind of the same with podcasting to be honest where it's about keywords and all the stuff that you put in because that stuff ranks high you know when you do those google searches yeah and it can be systematized really well 
Um, I, I just made a new friend that is really big in the SEO game and I've learned so much from him um, and how you can tie in video creation on YouTube with uh, articles, you know, on, on your website for ranking on SEO, how that ties in, how that, how those different uh, platforms will work together to, to show more, show your stuff to more people. And, you know, it's just really easy to have an article, write a write, write an article and then, you take that, turn it into a video, hire editlab.io, edit that <laughs> video for you. Yeah, <laughs> do like, that. Uh, and um, and then publish it, get it all together. And if you're, if, if you're in a niche enough business, which nowadays many high ticket people have to do, right? They have to niche down and down more so they can really be more unique in their audience and not have millions of people competing with them. Uh, you can do that really easy. So it's... Um, right. Yeah, I've even seen people, I don't know if you've heard of this, like I've even seen people use like Jarvis, like Jarvis.ai, which is like yes. a copywriting yeah. AI tool, which is amazing. And then, you know, you give it right. over to like a video editing team like yourself mm -hmm. and you can turn that into, yeah. you know, content. Or I have one friend and yeah. I think he's even created like a faceless YouTube channel based on using Jarvis.ai and then his video editor. Mm -hmm. He doesn't do anything. Like he just sits back and the team turns it yeah, out, right. you know? Yeah, that's super, oh, that's super interesting. And I haven't heard, I actually haven't heard that. That's a really cool idea. Yeah. And yeah. so instead of doing the blog posts, he, he kind of like gives that to the video editors. They go pull, you know, and you've probably, you've probably seen this, right? Like when they do the edits and it's, you know, they pull different, you know, stock images as they're sort of talking through yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he, he, yeah, he yeah. isn't behind the channel at all. There's no face on it. It's just, you know, these videos that go out, you know, constantly. Right. And then now there's even AI, these AI writing platforms. I forget the name of them. Um, but man, you, you, you throw in a, a topic and some keywords and it'll spit out an article for you, right? like a legit article, not, not even bad copy. And then you just check it over, switch it, change it up a little bit. Man, it's nuts. Right. Yeah. It's literally <laughs> it's like uh, yeah. amazing, you know, death, death of the copywriter. Um, yeah, I can definitely see yeah. that for yeah, sure. <laughs> over time. Yeah. Writing so. copy is fun, man. I, I've been getting into it lately and in, in the same way, I'm trying to be a better speaker in any conversation I have and stop using filler words like like and all this so much, right? I started writing copy a lot lately for the solar business, for the business automation agency. And it, 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 it it's fun to write very concrete ideas. It's very rewarding. And I never right. thought it'd be something I liked, but it, it, it feels nice. And I've been echoing And you read it over it afterwards and... yeah. I've been yeah. saying this for years because one of the very first skills that I learned when I started to travel was copywriting. And, you know, I was writing like $28, $28 articles, like thousand word articles for a company called The Hoth, which is like a, an SEO agency. And, you know, I was one of the writers and, you know, and so I did so much writing that I got this sort of foundational writing skill. But like I use copywriting all the time in my business. And you're right. The, the more yeah. you like when you put out ideas and you're able to solidify it in copy, like I sometimes communicate yeah. better written than I do in video nowadays, which is crazy because, oh, you yeah. know, you get too excited in video. You start waffling and talking about all sorts of nonsense, right? <laughs> in writing, it's yeah, like very concrete. Yeah, and copy is super un under, um, what's the word? Like underrated? Under, underrated. Right, yeah, <laughs> Just, yeah. I can come up with that word. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, good, good, good copy. Truly copy, because when you're copywriting, it's so easy to just start adding filler BS. Right. You know, 
Yeah, there's a ma- in, this, in so many adjectives. Right. It's so easy to throw a million adjectives in there. And then you write it. <laughs> yeah, then you write this really bad sentence and then you take it and make it short and to the point and it, and it sounds so much better and then you read it over a couple of days later and it's like, yeah, this this could sell. Less is, less is definitely more. Yeah, I definitely I definitely yeah, feel 100%. that with the copy. Um, all right, Chris. Well, listen, I appreciate having you on the show. It's been really fun to chat with you. Um, for anybody listening, if you do need help with any video editing needs, uh, edit it's editlab.io, right, Chris, to head on over to? So my video editing agency, it's called editlab.io. If you need any help with back-end business automation, marketing automation, CRM setups, all that good stuff, it's systematic, S-Y-S, with a K at the end instead of a C dot um, io as well and if you're looking to buy solar or do solar sales which it can be a mid mid to a high six-figure job if you're interested um, solaradvisors.com we have a little link at the bottom where you can where you can apply to become a sales rep and if you need solar panels solaradvisors.com as well love it bro i love it and so if people want to follow along with your exploits like that crazy shit where you jump out of planes and you know do flips on motorbikes and stuff (laughs) yeah if you want to say if you want to see daily skydiving videos which now i've realized actually no one cares about (laughs) i actually really enjoy them out of of perspective i enjoy watching them yeah the only person other than you that likes it clearly but yeah i enjoy it well, th- that's nice to hear because I think for my skydiver friends, it's kind of cool to see because it's it, it's fun, it's good skydiving. But for someone that can't doesn't know about the sport, I'm I just can't imagine how they would care that much. But I guess I guess people do. So at uh, Life of Nits on Instagram, Life of N I P Z. There you go, that's man. It, man. Perfect. All right, dude. Well, I hope to catch some waves with you soon when you eventually get back to Costa Rica. Have an absolutely amazing day. Appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll have you back on again in the future. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. You too, brother.